Today's thoughts explore the notion of tough love and when love might not be as pleasant as we'd like. This podcast is a rough around the edges attempt at exploring my mind in hopes that it might inspire you to explore yours. My name is Fontaine, and this is Fox in Thought. Recently, a friend and I were discussing what does it mean to love? I've shared some of my thoughts already in the episode with my dad about the difference between loving and being loved or bringing value and being valued. I think about this a lot. Honestly, I've probably received far more love than the average person in my lifetime. And I like to think I have loved others more than most. A couple of years ago, I read a book called All About Love by Bell Hooks. She starts the book by saying, we need to clearly define love before we can communicate effectively, a sentiment I delightfully agree with. The definition that she uses for love, and the one that I've grown to use in my own life, is the will to extend one's self for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. Now, there are three things I really like about that definition. First of all, I like the use of the word nurture. It implies kindness and continued investment, kind of a motherly energy or some other parent figure. Second, it allows for the possibility of investing in oneself. That's the concept of self-love that I think people often overlook. And third... I like the focus on the notion of spiritual growth. To me, the term spiritual has nothing to do with religion, though many people often associate them together. To me, spiritual characterizes each person's journey in trying to figure out the best way to live their own life. It usually involves self-discovery or curiosity, and some of the patterns involve better connecting to yourself, to the earth, or maybe to other people. Here is a voicemail my friend Shane sent me that ponders tough love, or when love might be painful. Um, I had a couple of thoughts today whilst on the train, just trying to play devil's avocado to your theory on love, not because I disagree with it, but because it's, it's important to question things, which is the purpose, I'm sure. But I was wondering what your perspective on tough love was the act of doing something immediately almost detrimental to someone um, in order to benefit them in a long-term sense. So putting uh, putting someone on a diet, putting your kids on a diet um, makes them unhappy. Unhappy. It decreases their personal value. But it is a form of love. What you're doing is benevolent. I was just wondering where you might stand on that. Um, If if I put someone on a diet, he might see that as some kind of negative act, selfish act, if he didn't consider that it was good for him in a long-term sense. But that means that subjectively, he doesn't feel that value. He doesn't receive that value, not from his perspective, because it's a subjective um, consideration. Um, and then I also thought about codependence in relationships as well, which is another bag of worms, but I think 
both of these still fit with your model of love because love is what love does you operate in a way to benefit someone else but yeah just my morning thoughts um have a great day overall i think the question on tough love is a great one to ask around when love might be painful so often love is associated with positive feelings joy bliss But love done well often has lots of pain involved too. Now, it's natural and also wonderful that we want other people to have better lives. So if we think someone's life would be better if they were thinner, we might want them to go on a diet. But I think deep down, it's not that you want them to be skinnier, but rather you want them to live better. You want them to live in a healthier way. And really, I think with love done well, you want them to figure out how to live in a healthier way without relying on you or your influence. In the example of wanting a parent, like a a parent wanting a child to be thinner, putting them on a diet is certainly one way of doing that. But I imagine it could also backfire. Like a child could grow to resent their parents for putting restrictions on them, and I could see that that would lead them to hiding parts of themselves. So eating would be the place that they've started. And I've especially noticed this in the context of mothers and daughters. So if a mother tells her daughter she needs to lose weight, the daughter will feel ashamed and judged by her own mother, and this will just lead to a sour relationship overall as if women didn't already have enough pressure by society to maintain a slim figure. I cannot imagine how hard it would be to have your own mom giving you that same message. At the same time, you want your child to live well. Since children often just mirror their parents' behaviors, the more that a parent lives well, the more the child might aspire to do the same. So naturally, if you were the parent... The best, though probably most challenging approach, would be to change your own eating habits. That would create an environment that would be easy for your kid to adapt to and maybe even appreciate. So I guess it starts with that healthy food environment first. But you could also expand that a little bit more and take, like, uh, create more quality time opportunities that focus on exercise rather than eating. So if you're trying to do a family outing rather than going for ice cream, what if you went for a family bike ride instead? Uh, So basically you begin to expand your notion of living well to beyond just a diet. And then the more you do that, the more you can share it with your child and hopefully inspire them. So you could bring them into meditation, you could bring them into hobbies, you could bring them into reading or whatever... And in the beginning, you're really just trying to create an environment that allows for healthy living for them. But really in the long term, you want to be able, you want them to be able to create that of their own volition and not just rely on the environment that you've created. So at some point you have to actually take off the training wheels and plan for that. The type of love that you see between a parent and a child is so unique because one party is so incredibly dependent on another for such an extended period of time. So without realizing it, the child develops a sense of self from how their parents treat them and naturally how the parents treat themselves. So a few years ago, I did a class on self-knowledge at the School of Life, which is an institution working to teach adults emotional intelligence. 
And one of the exercises that they had us do was to envision that we were running in a race and that we tripped and fell down. And then they asked, what is the first thing that you say to yourself? So immediately in my mind popped the words, you're tough. Now, everybody wrote down what their words were in their their own uh, particular instance of that scenario. And some people went around and shared what, uh, what they said to themselves. And then the facilitator asked, okay, now who in your life said that to you when you were growing up? And in my case, I knew immediately it was dad. <laughs> and what was so interesting to me was of the 20 people in the class, everybody had a very clear phrase of what they said to themselves and everybody could tra- trace it back to a person who had said it to them. So I found that like so astounding. I've certainly heard and read a lot about how you develop comes from your parents' behaviors, but it was so fascinating to see it very clearly in my own life. Now, I want to look at that phrase that popped into my mind, which was, you're tough. So my dad, by saying that to me whenever I fell down as a kid, unknowingly conditioned me to uh, get me to say that to myself as an adult every time I metaphorically fall down. But he didn't say, oh, poor baby, or you're okay, or be tough. He said, you're tough. And what he taught me to do was to help me develop confidence in myself to get back up and dust the dirt off my knees. So when he said, you're tough, what I internalized was, I'm tough. Tough implies resilience. Dad wasn't going to remove the obstacles from in front of me in my life. But dad was showing me that I had the capacity to do so within myself to tackle my own issues. If he had said, oh, poor baby, He might have conditioned me into believing that I was a victim to whatever happened in my life that day, that I was fragile and that I needed to be coddled. And if he had said, you're okay, he might have negated my feelings and my own perception of my experience, telling me how to feel. And he also didn't say, be tough, which would have been him telling me what to do. He said, you're tough. And what I internalized was, I'm tough. Now, I'm incredibly grateful for dad saying that to me, whether or not he intended to have that outcome. But the key piece is that he empowered me to explore my own agency around issues in my path, rather than to externalize them or blame other people. So it's a perfect illustration of what I think love means, especially as a parent. Of course, love changes when we move from parenting to loving another adult. When we parent, we have this obligation and a duty in society to teach and shape another little being. (laughs) And it's not like we can rely on children to naturally know how to live. But as adults, we don't have that differential of power between two adults. In the adult phase of life, the spiritual journey looks quite different than a child's. So in my own spiritual practice, when I think about loving others, I've been trying not to tell 
other people how to live, but rather to listen to what they value and serve and encourage them in that. So I might think that somebody needs to lose weight or live more healthily in general, but if that's not what they value and it's not what they want in their life, then I don't think it's my role to tell them what they need to do. The best I can do is act in a way that I think might inspire or influence them, but otherwise just wish them well. Often the greatest gestures of love aren't just taking what we want and trying to make it happen, but rather listening to what somebody else needs and then finding a way to serve them in that. In fact, sometimes I think breaking up with someone can be a great gesture of love if space and exploration of oneself is something that they've vocalized needing in their life. Would you ever see a breakup as a form of love? And what about some other gesture of tough love? <laughs>